Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Airmic Talks, your fortnightly podcast from the UK's risk and insurance community. Before we get into this latest episode, I would like to remind you that registration is now open for Airmic Fest, the largest ever virtual risk and insurance event in the UK. The conference takes place live online from 22nd to 24th of September, but the exhibition zone and knowledge hub of on-demand content, that's short 20-minute videos on a range of topics, will be available in advance. So do check that out. You can find more information and register at airmicfest.com. Registration is free for Airmic members and sponsors, so I do hope to see you there. Well then, let's get into this week's interview. I'm delighted to say I am going to be joined by Ollie Davis, Distribution and Strategic Initiatives Manager at HGI Global in the UK and Ireland. Ollie and I discussed the hard market, the role of brokers, what more insurers such as HGI can be doing to better communicate price rises and how Airmit members can get ahead in their own renewals. So, Ollie, perhaps uh, the best place to start is uh, if you could give us a, a little bit of a brief background on on your own career and 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 particularly your current role at HGI. Yeah, certainly. Thanks for having me here, Richard. So, um, yeah, my career within insurance, I sort of joined Alliance UK back in 2006 as a um, fresh-faced graduate trainee. Um, and over the sort of 14 years I spent with them, a number of quite eclectic different roles from regional distribution roles to um, executive assistants to the general manager. Um, I spent some time in reinsurance and actuarial, um, headed up their specialty lines team, um, and then more recently uh, in their London market real estate team. So quite varied, quite a lot of different cross-class experiences. And then more recently this year, I joined HDI Global um, as their distribution and strategic initiatives manager. Effectively, that means I've got responsibility for managing a number of our key broker relationships nationally, um, a number of our key London market brokers, and I'm also responsibility for a number of our key strategic client relationships. Um, the other element of that role is also around strategic initiatives, and that was around developing propositions that allow HDI to really be relevant and innovative in the current changing market. That's really interesting, and obviously with your role, Ollie, you've obviously got really good uh, contact with the, with the wider market through your relationship with, with brokers. On on that topic, we've we've seen almost twenty four months of of rate increases across across the insurance market in in what we would call a hardening market. From your perspective, why are prices going up uh, to the extent they are? I think you kind of have to look back at the kind of fundamentals of um, the insurance underwriting cycle. To be perfectly honest, and you, it, it always comes back to profitability. At the end of the day, um, we all know insurers make money in two ways, underwriting profit and investment returns. Um, and um, anyone who's been reading the um, the back sort of uh, business pages over the past decade has seen investment returns at historic lows. Um, and the, the ability for insurers in that market to subsidize their um, profitability through that mechanism has seriously um, been hampered. So in terms of the, um, the main driver of profitability, it has to be down to underwriting. And within that space, um, I think the continued um, push towards more capital coming into insurance over the last decade has continued to push down prices. And we're now at a point whereby 
um, a number of markets have tried to keep their market share by pushing down rates to a point where it's fundamentally unsustainable. Um, and those mounting losses are really hitting across nearly all classes. Now, obviously, the classes will all vary in terms of how that has impacted them. But fundamentally, it comes down to profitability and inadequate reserving. Um, so that in itself will then drive the rates up and we'll, we'll come into that hard market cycle, um, which obviously will not end until we've got a period of sustained profitability. And you ultimately get to the point where you know returns on investment um, from insurance um, really is better than other sectors and then more capacity will come in. So the whole cycle begins again. Um, but it's very... I think it's very difficult because ultimately you've, you're looking at a market cycle that has been in a soft stage for a considerable long time, um, and um, you know we've you go you have to go back to pretty much the turn of the century to really see um, you know a proper hard market. Uh, there's been blips in different classes, but um, that sustainability in terms of um, pricing is is definitely going to be a um, the sort of long-term impact of that soft cycles is now coming to bear and um, probably at the time in terms of the wider macro economy where um, businesses could really do with them um, having a better result really than a, a hard market on the insurance side. Yeah absolutely yeah as you, as you, you touch upon there with the current uh, economic situation it, it's it's almost a perfect storm for, for businesses in, in, in not a good way and re- relating to the, the pandemic what impact do you think that's going to have on on the insurance market in the kind of short to middle term? My, my take on this is that the pandemic in itself has is, is provided a, a very different kind of um, t- outtake than perhaps when we were looking at um, the markets last, like this time last year. You've got the, the markets all hardening and, and they varied across different sectors. So you look at the DNO, that, that's hardening because they've got you know, mounting historic losses that are flowing through those books and will continue to do so. Um, same argument for PI. Property has been, you know, impacted by NatCat. So you've got those just general underpricing trends coming through. What the pandemic has probably done is, is it's got a sort of double, a double aspect. You've got an acceleration of hardening, um, and that's driven by the uncertainty within that macro environment. There's a lot of concern, I think, among businesses, you know, not just in the insurance sector about what um, the economy will look like in six to twelve months' time. Um, and therefore, that uncertainty from an underwriting perspective is not a place where you want to be stretching yourself, putting out capacity that you don't understand or that you, you don't want to be in a place where you could drive up mounting losses in, um, further than you um, can certainly sustain. Now, the, with the regulatory environment obviously having changed over the last decade to ensure greater solvency, I think the market's better place to deal with that. However, the pandemic just means that actually with that in the sort of that view, looking at your accounts, you sort of go, well, do we want to be overly exposed in terms of um, how much capacity we're putting out? And ultimately, the pricing, um, you know, reflects the the shortness of that um, that capacity in the marketplace. I think the other bit that the, the pandemic has done, which is um, very uh, difficult to um, really understate, is the human interaction. Um, you've got a marketplace now which is, you know, effectively everyone's working from home. Um, I know a number of um, markets have gone back into the office over the course of the summer, but 
fundamentally the majority of insurers and brokers are still um, fundamentally working from home. And that makes it harder uh, to really get across from a insurance buyer's perspective and a placement broker the value of that client face-to-face. You know, in that element of uncertainty that flows through, how do you explain that the risk mitigation that, that your client has really been focusing on has really come to the fore? Um, and also on risks which have, you know, some difficult aspects to them, how do you highlight to a, an underwriter that those are not areas to be concerned or that there's been appropriate risk control um, and mitigation measures put in place to prevent um, any serious issues occurring from an insurance perspective. And I think that's, that pandemic element has really kind of um, impacted both of those elements quite severely. Yeah, it's interesting you touch upon that kind of showing that risk mitigation and, and risk management that's in place, because one of the complaints we, we do hear from members in the current environment is they don't always feel that good risk managed accounts are being recognized and, and rewarded as, as rates go up for, for the majority of, of clients. You've touched upon part of that in relation to the kind of risk mitigation, but in, in this tough environment for insurance buyers, how can our members' jobs be made easier, do you think, by both the brokers and, and the insurers such as yourselves? Um, how can it be made easier? I think the the honest bit around that is is about improving communication. Um, I think there's a you know historically we look about how you know placements have gone and you have a, a market presentation. You invite you know a number of key markets to discuss you know your particular business, explain the risks, explain how you're undertaking that mitigation process. Um, Presentation will go out shortly afterwards with information, and ultimately, you've got um, probably a, a good dozen or so insurers who are looking to get involved, and you have good pricing and, and, and plenty of capacity to pick from. Now, the the difficulty now, I think, is as those that as those numbers drop in terms of the interest in those particular cases, because um, insurers go back to. Um, you know the core sectors that they truly understand and haven't got the same pressures as they do in a soft market when they've got to get growth and therefore might start playing in sectors where they have uh, less insight or less knowledge you really need to as i suppose as an insurance buyer um, be getting across to your broker um, certainly the efforts that you are doing, particularly on sort of good account management around sort of uh, clear capex um, focus, and you, how your board's investment in that capex is is ensuring that you'll be fit for the future. Um, though I think elements like that are really um, probably can't be understated, and the broker's job in that is ultimately to try and get across to the insurer that that client is better than your average client for that sector. Um, and really demonstrate that they are and do understand the business risks and are working on them. Um, so, you know, a client knows their business better than anyone else. Um, and trying to get that message across to insurers is the the biggest issue, I think, at the current time for um, insurance buyers. Um, and their brokers are very key in terms of ensuring that that happens. So in terms of, of what I mentioned before about there's that kind of perception out there among some uh, members and, and clients that good risk management accounts aren't being recognised, you, you think that's not the case. It's just maybe it's a communication issue both through the client themselves and the broker needs to make make that case clearer that, that it is a good, a good account. Yeah, I, I fundamentally think that actually 
clients who really do manage their business are being rewarded. But the, the difficulty is in a hard market, that's very difficult to quantify because in a soft market, you're getting decreases of you know, 10, 20%, whatever the number is. Um, in a hard market, you're getting increases um, as instead of decreases. So it feels like you're getting penalized. But the, I suppose the only... The reality on that is your broker should be sort of highlighting the fact that actually poor performing cases either haven't been able to get the full capacity that they need in order to um, support the um, the client's risk approach or um, fundamentally that their prices have gone up many fold. So I think that's the, the key bit um, to sort of get along. Yes, there will be price increases and yes, there'll be less capacity. But if you're a good risk, you'll be on the right side of that, whereas if you cannot de- demonstrate clear focus on risk improvements and ingrained risk management culture through the organization from top to bottom, you know, a culture that really focuses on not cutting corners, that whole kind of risk management and risk understanding will flow through and you will be in a better position, certainly, than those that, that fail to get that message across clearly. So obviously, when we talk from from an Airmic perspective, obviously, lots of people always think about the larger accounts. Obviously, lots of large companies are members of Airmic and have big insurance spends that comes through in our survey every year. But of course, there is an SME market in there. Airmic does have a have a considerable number of SMEs as members. How do underwriters approach these accounts differently? And what what I mean by that is large accounts versus SMEs and and what does that mean for the client in terms of how they should be preparing from for renewals and presenting to the market if they're a, a larger or, or small to mid mid size account? Yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a good question. I think the the way the market. I mean, if you look at the sort of the very SME end in terms of that, um, I suppose more um, smaller value. Um, there's there's a focus, I suppose, from insurers to effectively homogenized data sets so you they will look at the sort of portfolios of a particular trade sector and they will have you know thousands of those types of risks so thousands of florists thousands of shops of a particular type and therefore obviously they will know how those books perform on as an average and then as as they go through that underwriting process, they will judge you as a as a basically, are you better or worse than that in terms of how you come across from generally from your loss history, but also in terms of how you are responding to a risk management focus. On large accounts, it's far, far different because you're you're looking at it on an individually priced basis. Um, yes, insurers will have a view of particular sectors, but it would be more down to you know what those processes are. Um, in terms of the PNC side, you know how those are looked at, how those are managed on an individual basis. Um, so insurers will approach them very differently in terms of how they come across. And I think as a, a large account or a large insurance buyer, you have certainly a better opportunity to differentiate yourself um, than you do if you're an SME, because you can certainly get across actually the differences that you can bring and you're more likely to have that direct relationship with an insurer so you can really bring that lead markets and those follow markets into the conversation about what you're doing and get their direct feedback about what would be positive or negative in terms of what their risk profile looks and feels like you mentioned there ollie about large accounts are probably more likely to have 
direct relationships with insurers and that actually brings me nice quite nice on to my last question actually we've talked a lot about uh kind of the onus on the on the client and and the brokers and what they're presenting to the market but how do you think insurers can can maybe be communicating better that these price increases as as we've talked about we I mean we've been talking about a few about a few perceptions over the last uh, 15 minutes which which may or may not be correct and I guess there is a perception problem out there whether it's with the buyers themselves or 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 in the insurance media um what role do you think uh insurers and brokers have in in communicating better price increases uh communicating better the price increases sorry and could it necessitate more direct contact between the buyer and the insurer where where perhaps it might not already be so from an, from certainly from an hdi perspective I and mean, we we certainly encourage direct contact with our clients because from our point of view it, it you until you're discussing with a buyer directly um their approaches you do not get a true flavor for culture um and you know on a written um presentation format you don't get across the same nuances about how the businesses are run and, and or you know organizational charts about how things are fed through you get a really good flavor for it but the real value add is when you're having that conversation with either the client or the placing broker around what that looks and feels like so um I certainly think that there is something to be done within the industry more widely about how you get that across. Now, one of the issues is obviously around resourcing and how, how insurers, brokers and um, clients all manage that resourcing element to keep the communication up because you can't go to 20 markets and have that in-depth conversation. With, with Within your point around insurer communication, I think the the big thing is actually insurers probably need to be uh, a little bit more um, open and honest about kind of the direction that they're going in. Um, the being upfront and saying, actually, for this particular sector, we are looking to get significant price rises and highlight where those sectors are, um, because everyone will know within their book, they should know relatively early out where they're looking to get to. Um, and they'll they'll know how the performance of that particular portfolio is. So the sooner that they have that honest conversation with their clients to say, look, we are going to be moving in this direction. And ultimately, if we're not seeing that those, um, you know, that that capex is continuing to be uh, invested in, or that your risk improvements are being continually focused on, or you're doing X, Y, and Z within the, uh, your sort of risk management structure internally, then you're going to see quite significant changes and I think insurers need to be open and honest about that and probably more upfront but a lot of those conversations are having with the brokers and it's about how we um, ensure that that gets passed through that broker channel Um, because brokers add a huge amount of value in that space around being able to give a wider view than necessary one markets and thought process. Yeah, it's a really, really good point you make at the end there, uh, Ollie. Because I, I know that one of the, one of the challenges often that our members report internally is kind of expectation management. So they're always a little bit upset if if they if they're not really getting a sign from whether it be the broker or from the insurer directly that there is going to be a significant price increase or not or, or the degree to what that price increase might be and then so it's a much harder conversation to have at the 12th hour with with your cfo or treasurer about a significant price increase when maybe it hadn't been teed up so i think i think that's a really good point and i think we definitely would be like to be seeing that more from as you say both brokers and insurers doing a bit more expectation management with their clients so they can then pass that up the chain internally 
Um, Ollie, really, really great to talk to you. Really do appreciate you talking about it. quite a difficult subject at the moment. So thank you very much for coming on to Airmit Talks. No, Richard, thank you very much for the invitation. Much appreciated. Thank you.